Okay, are you ready to get into the Word? The Word from heaven this day is wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. Now, I'm asking you to believe God with me and pray that utterance will be given because there is so much in here that I believe the Lord wants to impart unto us. So, Father, we come before your word humbly. We come before it with a teachable spirit. And we receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Two openings this morning, if you please. Proverbs chapter 4. And then we'll look back one particular chapter to Proverbs chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version this morning in verses 5 through 7 of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Get skillful and godly wisdom. Get understanding and discretion. Get discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Do not forget, do not turn back from the words of my mouth. Forsake not wisdom, and she shall keep you. She will defend you, protect you, love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is to get it. Skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten... Get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. I want you to pay specific attention to that one word, the principal thing. When something is the principal thing, it means that it's first. That it is primary. Seek the wisdom of God in every area of life first. Go after it. Get it. It's actually crying out to us every day. We must be smart enough and sharp enough to obtain it and to get it. Amen? Now look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 3. Happy, blessed, fortunate, and enviable is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom. And this particular phrase really jumped out at me as I was studying this and meditating this. And the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's Word, and I will say God's Spirit, and from life's experiences. The wisdom of God is already in you. If you're born of God, the scripture says that Jesus himself has been made unto us wisdom. The wisdom of God is already here on the inside. But this wisdom, even though it's on the inside of us, must be drawn forth. It must be developed. It must be cultivated, if you will. So, first of all, we receive the wisdom of God from the Word of God. 
The scripture says that out of the mouth of God comes wisdom and understanding. So, it is a wise man and it is a wise woman that spends much time in the Word of God. We need to approach life from a biblical point of view. Not from the secular point of view. This country and many nations in the world have no clue about what the B-I-B-L-E says. And so they're approaching life from a secular perspective. Amen? But you and I, we need to step out of that and approach life from a biblical perspective. And we need to pray that God will give our leaders wisdom. We need to pray for our state. We need to pray for the governor. He will give President Obama on the behalf of the children of God. He will give our governors, our representatives, our senators. He will give them wisdom if we will ask him to do it. And so, in life, we need to have his wisdom. And the number one way that we draw it out is from the word of God. You and I can ask for wisdom. How many of you know, in James chapter 1, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, what should he do? Let him ask of God. Ask the all-wise one. If you want to be a wise guy, or a wise woman, then you must draw your wisdom from the all-wise one. He's got it all. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wind of the sea, driven forth, and so on. So, how many of you need some wisdom from life's experiences? Let's just hook up with God right now and say, Oh God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you for wisdom. I'm facing big decisions. You are the all-wise one. I ask you to lead me and guide me. And to direct me. See, you can pray for wisdom. If you don't have wisdom, ask God for it. You know, the apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And he prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto him the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. By having the eyes of his understanding flooded with light. So that he would know the hope to which... He has been called. Now, if Paul prayed that for the church at Ephesus, Paul could pray it for himself. And if Paul could pray it for himself, you can pray it for yourself. Listen, dear friend, God has got a call on your life. He has got paths for you to go down. It has been ordained from before the foundation of the world that he has got a gift that he wants to give you and put in you so that you can be a blessing to humanity. It's called the grace of God. And you know what? 
I want to know more about what he's called us to. I want to know more about what he's called me to. I love the message translation of that. And it says this, so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Oh, do you sense the call of God on your life? Do you sense the callings of God are calling you? No, I'm not talking about being in a pulpit ministry. I'm not talking necessarily about, you know, even singing a special. I'm talking about serving God in your life, in your place, finding your grace and operating in the grace of God to such a degree that you begin to flow and to function with a spirit of excellence like Daniel had. You know why Daniel had a spirit of excellence? Is because Daniel was full of the wisdom of God. You see, the wisdom of God will impart to you and show you what to do. The wisdom of God will reveal to you the grace of God and the part of the body of Christ that He's placed you into. Listen, there are no unused members in this glorious body. Oh, I'm going to say it again. There are no unused members in this glorious body. And if you're trying to be a toe when you're an eye, get out of that place. Because there's no grace. Yeah, but I want to be a toe, Pastor. I want to be a toe. I mean, if you are an ear or an eye and you're trying to be a toe, forget it. Yeah, but I've been to 16 seminars about being a toe. I went to the University of California and I got a PhD in toeology. If you ain't a toe, you just ain't a toe. If you're an ear, be an ear. If you're a gland in the body, be that gland in the body. How many of you know we need certain glands in our body? You know, you don't always see the parts of the body that are most outwardly outstanding, I guess you would say. But, oh, man, I'm telling you what, you need your liver. You need your brain. If I only had a brain. We need one another. And there's a call of God on your life. It may be be an usher. It may be to work in preschool. I don't know what that call is. But you can discover the call of God that he's got for you. I'm telling you what. Ask him. And he will show you. Say with me, the wisdom of God is on the inside. Now here's another very important point when it comes to wisdom. We need to start confessing we have it. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't have this. I don't know where to go. Stop talking that way. Stop talking about what you don't know. And start talking about what you do know. Start t- stop talking about what you don't have. And start talking about what you do have. Start by saying, you know what? I've got the mind of Christ. And I have the wisdom of God. See, Isaiah saw it prophetically. And Isaiah said that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Speaking of Jesus. But that same spirit that came upon him is now in you. 
And he is in you and many times comes upon you. And he said, that spirit of the Lord is upon the master. And one of the things that was upon him was the spirit of wisdom. Oh, he was wise. When that woman was taken in the very act of adultery and all those religious leaders surrounded him, I can just hear it. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do about this? Who would have ever thunk it? Then he knelt down and began to write something in the sand. Probably their sins. And I don't know whether they departed from the oldest to the youngest or the youngest to the oldest. I don't remember, but they all did a snagglepuss. They did an exit stage right. They were out of there. It's the wisdom of God. To be, how how do you come up with that? He that's without sin, let him cast the first. That's Jesus. And you're joined with him. You're in him. And he's in you. And the same spirit of wisdom's on you. And in the same context of Isaiah, he says, and he will make you of a quick understanding. It's like a good preacher friend of mine says, I'm quick, I'm bright, I'm sharp, I'm good looking, and I'm very rich. And I'm a major blessing. Try that on for size. Say it with me, I'm quick, I'm bright, and I'm sharp. He'll make you of a quick understanding. Start saying the spirit of wisdom is on me. Jesus has been, been made unto me wisdom. See, you may not know what to do right here, right now. But don't dismiss that as being dull. Cultivate through faith and trust like Michelle sang about. You know what? The wisdom of God's there. And it won't be long before I know exactly what he's called me to do. Say it with me. Jesus. Jesus. Is made unto me me. wisdom. Wisdom. So ask for it. Confess it. Pray in the Spirit. As 1 Corinthians 14.2 says. Let's look over there at 1 Corinthians Mm 14.2. I want this truth just to soak in you today. Let's soak in the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And... uh, I believe it's verse 2. He's talking about speaking in tongues. And you don't have to speak in tongues tongues to go to heaven. You you don't have to pray in tongues. Amen. As a child of God. It's a privilege to. You don't have to. You get to. See, when I bought these shoes. Actually, I didn't buy them. Mac Hammond bought them for me. But when I got these shoes, they came with the tongues. (laughs) I don't want his shoes that don't come with tongues. It's supposed to have tongues. And your salvation package, being saved and being filled with the Spirit, comes with tongues. No, tongues is not the primary purpose of being baptized with the Holy Ghost. The primary purpose is to be a power to be a witness. But oh, glory to God, he threw the tongues in. Shandai, shandai. When Brenda goes shopping, she gets a dress. But you know what? She also wants some shoes thrown in. 
In tongues is a supernatural language as a gift from a supernatural God for you and I to be able to communicate with Him supernaturally. He said in Mark 16, He says, all believers, one of the signs, He says, believers will speak with new tongues. Now with that in mind, look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. It says, He... 1 Corinthians 14.2. No, it's good. For he that speaketh, what? Well, it's unknown up here, isn't it? Unless God gives you the interpretation. So we don't always know what we're praying about. It's unknown to the natural mind. But it's never unknown to a supernatural God. And a supernatural God lives in you. And He can reveal to you many times what you're praying about. So he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, he doesn't speak to men. But he speaks to who? Think about that. When you speak in tongues, you're speaking directly to Him. Now notice with me the rest of the verse. For no man understands him, understandeth him, however, in the what? See, speaking in tongues is speaking in what? In the Spirit. So, however, in the Spirit, when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking mysteries. Or we could say it this way, you are speaking divine secrets. It is secret to your head. But in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And you are in Him and He is in you. The wisdom of God, friends, is not hidden from us. It's hidden for us. These divine secrets, these divine mysteries, very often as you're praying in the Spirit, God will show you exactly what you're praying about. He'll he'll show you exactly what to do, when to do it. He'll show you exactly what to say and what not to say. Oh, He is the wise one. So pray in the Spirit. And if you don't pray in the Spirit, don't get under condemnation. Come on up here today. Come on down. Come on down. I guarantee you, if we had a million dollar car up here or a $50,000 car for free, you'd be coming on down. But we're not playing truth or consequences here. We are acting on the truth of God's word. And so you can come If you're thirsty and you can drink in of the Holy Spirit and you can receive this glorious gift along with tongues. So pray in the Spirit when you're praying for wisdom. Now, let me just insert this scripture into you today in Proverbs 20 verse 5. You don't need to turn there. Let me quote it to you. Look at it later. But the Bible says that counsel or wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. But a man of understanding will draw it out. And so you can draw forth 
the wisdom of God as you're praying and fellowshipping with the Lord. Oh, my goodness. That is such good news. Now, turn with me quickly to Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 5. You know, in life, and I know that in ministry, we face a lot of decisions. I mean, we are, I I said to the ministers this week, you know, to be honest with you, we have faced so many things in ministry that have not been found in the Rhema handbook. You know, there's days and weeks and sometimes months you feel like you've had the whole kitchen thrown at you. And if you didn't have wisdom, you wouldn't know what to do. But oh, thank God for His wisdom. Now look at this in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 5. Ecclesiastes, the 8th chapter, in verse 5, it says, Whoso keeps the commandment shall what? Shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerns both time and and judgment. Mm, that's, that's delicious right there. Say this with me. A wise man's heart will discern both time and judgment. Now, let me just read it to you from a couple other translations. You don't need to keep up with this in the booth. But the NLT says this. Those who are wise will find a time and a way to do what is right. The Amplified Version says, And a wise man's mind will know both when and what to do. And the NIV says, The wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. Now I want you to notice very carefully with me this morning, this word discern. A wise man's heart discerneth. Well, what is the definition of discern? The definition of discern would be to separate or distinguish one thing from another. When I am operating in discernment, and I'm not talking about the gift of suspicion, but God has made available to you a wise and understanding and discerning heart. And so when I'm operating in this, and you're operating in this, we are exhibiting insight. We are coming to a place where we are spiritually keen. Where we can discern between good and evil. To where we are no longer dull of hearing, but our senses are coming to a place of maturity to where we can know the difference between good and bad. Between a good relationship or a bad relationship. Between a good investment and a bad investment. Between a good minister and a bad minister. Discerning. A spirit of discernment. I heard this definition recently and I I just want to, to give this to you right now because it says this, in life we become wise by discerning our circumstances. We become wise by 
discerning our surroundings, by discerning others, and by discerning ourselves. In other words, there is a perception of of judgment. There is an ability to grasp and to understand what is obscure, what is unclear, what is vague, what is hidden, and what is plain and what is simple. A wise person will become very aware of their surroundings. A companion of fools is headed for trouble. But oh, if you'll walk with the wise, you'll be safe. You'll be secure. And you'll be defended. A discerning person knows where to go and knows where not to go. What to do and what not to do. Discernment. Discerning both time and discerning judgment. Oh God, give us utterance. Give us utterance. If we would only wait on wisdom, we wouldn't get into the trouble that we've gotten into in the past. We wouldn't move so quickly on things that were good things, but not God things. I'm tired of the good. I want the God. See, when you have a discerning heart, you'll be able to taste with your ears what's being said to you. Turn me to Job chapter 34. It'll keep you out of bankruptcy. It'll keep you out of jail. Being wise will keep you from dying young. Job 34, verse 3 and verse 4. Look at this now. Let's, let's feed on this for a while. You see, one of the definitions for wisdom is to be skilled. To be skilled in what, Pastor Mark? To be skilled in life. To be skilled in ministry. To walk circumspectly, aware of what's around you. Recently, I drove out to Modesto with a good friend of mine, Pastor Chris Christopher from River of Life Christian Center. And we were to go to a hospital to visit someone that had a bad car accident. But we kept missing our exits. We weren't being very discerning. We weren't aware of our surroundings. Now, don't laugh at me because some of you have ended up in Mexico when you were trying to get to L.A. Job 34. See, a wise person discerns both time and judgment. In other words, he or she makes good decisions after closely examining the situation. Okay, Job chapter 34, if you would, please. And let's look at verse 3 and 4. Oh, glory. We're heading somewhere, saints. Job 34, verse 3 and verse 4. It says, For the ear trieth words, as the mouth tasteth meat. In other words, what Job is saying is this. Let your ears test what you're hearing. Let your ears test what you're hearing. Just like a cook tastes 
the food. Brenda made chocolate chip cookies the other night. And she is so anointed, seriously, to make chocolate chip cookies that she barely needs to look at the recipe. And she makes chili con carne. With hamburger and steak. And she's a cook. And she knows how to whoop it together. I know I'm preaching real good right now. But being a cook, what does a cook do? A cook tastes. Hmm. That, that's not quite yet. Listen, friends, if it's not quite, it's not right. Now, hmm, that needs just a little bit more salt. That needs just a little bit more Worcestershire sauce. That needs just a little more, uh, what is that, parsley. Needs a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. In life, isn't that the way it is? When you're waiting on God and you're waiting on wisdom and sometimes people try to apply the pressure on you, when are you going to make a decision? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? When, when, where, how? Just say, I'm operating in the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not be stressed, but thou shalt be very chilled out. But there's seasons for things. And there's a timing for things. And a discerning person with their spiritual ear. Didn't Jesus say, He that hath ears to hear, let him what? Let him hear. A spiritual person will taste what they're hearing with their ears. And won't move ahead until the right time. And in the right season. Let's read this again in Job 34, verse 3. In other words, let your ears test what you're hearing. Read, ready, read. For the ear tries words as the mouth tasteth meat. Now say this with me. A wise man discerns both time and judgment. I can remember when we were looking for buildings. You know, we've been in the area 28 years. Pastor Tom and Kim have been with us for 27 and a half and almost 28. And Pastor Nancy was here when the church first began. She's been here longer than anybody. She's not older than anybody, but she's been here longer than anybody. And thank God for Pastor Nancy. I think I'm going to have a blessed Pastor Nancy week some week. Amen. And not just with words. I'm talking about money, honey. Amen. Anyway, where was I? But looking for buildings. And my goodness, I remember, you know, driving all over the place and just, it just, nothing, it just, it wasn't the time. It it, it just didn't taste right. It, It just, it wasn't the right season for it. 
And so what do you do when it's not the right season? Plow ahead and try to make something happen? No. Listen, friend, if we plow ahead and try to make something happen, just like Israel wanted a king, God gave him a king, but it wasn't his will. God will give you a lot of things that are not his will. But I'll guarantee you, for certain, if you operate out of the flesh and out of the will of God, it will end up costing you. I can remember my spiritual father say this in his books, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, except the Lord builds the house. You see, through wisdom, the house is built. Through wisdom, the house of your life is built. Through wisdom, your children grow up to be trees of righteousness. Through wisdom... The plan of God is fulfilled. But Israel wanted a king. They got a king. Didn't they pay dearly for it? I don't want to pay dearly trying to obtain something in the flesh or in the natural that I really feel like I need right now. Listen, your father knows best. He knows the proper time. He knows the proper season. And it pays rich dividends to wait on him. Oh, I'm so glad that we waited on him for his perfect will for this property. I am so thankful that we didn't try to plow ahead and work something out in our own strength, in our own flesh. Because flesh times flesh always equals flesh. And when we sow in our lives to the flesh, we will reap corruption. Now listen, friends, all of us have failed. All of us have missed it. But that doesn't mean that we're failures. But what a wise person will do, they will look at the failure and they will get back up, dust themselves off and say, you know what? I may have failed, but I'm not a failure. And by the grace of God, I'm not going to miss it again. I said, by the grace of God, I'm not going to miss it again. I'm glad we waited. I'm glad we distinguished. Listen, it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. And you can have something in your heart for years. There's things in my heart and Brenda's heart, and I'm sure Pastor Tom and Kimberly and Nancy's heart. There are things in our heart that have been there for years. But you've got to wait on the right timing. And the right season. And if preachers need to do that, you need to do that. When we operate in wisdom, we'll not be hasty. And so Brother Hagin said this. He that builds, they that labor, labor in vain when you try to build the flesh. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. And I'll never forget it. He said this. Oh yeah, some ministers have got the house built all right. But they died while they did it. I don't want to end up dead before my time. So how does this apply to you? Business. Marriage. Schools. Vocations. Geographic places to live. Now I know this is not the only good church in the Bay Area, but it's a good one. Because we serve a great God. 
And I know there's a lot of great churches here and there, but friend, dear Lord, please, if you have been offered a job outside of the Bay Area, the first thing you ought to do is check and say what churches are in that area. Thank you for those amens. I mean, I'm preaching really strong now. This is good preaching. I am not going to move to Fresno for $5,000 more a year unless there's a church that's right for me in Fresno. And, And the scripture that just comes real clear in my heart is this, but seek first the kingdom of God. I believe this. There are places and graces and associations that he wants you to be exposed to. And your church life is more important than you probably realize. It is vital to your spiritual growth. It is vital to being in your own company, in your own place, in the grace that God's got for you. But now it's going to take wisdom to know. It's good. You know, I'll be honest with you. There's just flat too much bouncing around in the body of Christ. There, there, there's too much confusion. And, and this is not something that I'm standing up here and, and saying, you know, if you leave Heart of the Bay, you're going to end up six foot under. No. That's cultic in its origin. You know, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God, right? you got to be led. Not by your head, but by the Spirit. Where were we going with this? There are locations and associations connected with those locations that will enhance you spiritually and bring you to a greater place of wisdom and a greater place of grace that had you missed it could have taken you years. Detours are not necessary when you've got the wisdom of God. Now, no condemnation if you've been detoured and, you know, if you've been a rolling stone like Papa was. Wherever he hung his hat was his home. If you've been a rolling stone, just repent. Get right with God and find your place of grace. Be discerning. Say it with me. A wise person discerns both time and judgment. Say it again. A wise person discerns both time and judgment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I'm operating in the wisdom of God, in closing, I want you to know, here are some characteristics of a wise person. Turn quickly, and we'll do a little workout in the Word. Proverbs 12, verse 15. Happy is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom. And the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's Word. And from life's experience. Be discerning. Be keen in your hearing. 
In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, um, notice this with me. It says that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto counsel is what? He that hearkens to counsel is wise. Okay? So, get yourself some counsel. And then look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 15. Proverbs 10, verse 15. says, The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Now, I didn't mean to go to that verse. But I'm still no fool. Let's try. Let's try verse 13. Are you still here? All right. Let's read this together. Verse 13 and 14, please. In the lips of him that has understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Now look at verse 14. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. So we see here that our words are important. A wise person watches the company he keeps and the words that he speaks. Okay? Notice with me in verse 19 in the same uh, proverb of that Proverbs 10. It says, In The multitude of words. (laughs) Oh my. There wanteth not sin. But he that refrains his lips shall what? Shall be wise. Have you ever said something that you wish you hadn't? Let's be honest. I have. Many times. But a person that's operating in discernment. It goes back to discernment. It's not time to say that. I said it's not time to say that. See, I've had communication with people that I was well prepared for weeks ahead of time. And God gave me the right timing to say certain things. And it fit perfectly for the occasion. But had I said it when I was angry... then I would have reaped the end of a relationship. Get, contro- get yourself together, will you? <laughs> and as I say that, I'm looking at a big mirror. Bro, get it together! Oh, I could tell you some things that you'd probably excommunicate me if I told you. (laughs) You in the back row, get it together, will you? You in the front row, get it together. Amen. A wise person will refrain. There's a right timing for things. And when you're flowing in wisdom, it won't hurt people. They'll thank you for the counsel you gave them. They don't necessarily always have to agree with the counsel you're giving. 
But at least when it's done in the right timing and in the right spirit, you won't lose a brother. You won't lose a sister. Now, this would really help a lot of marriages here today. You know, there's a time to communicate. There's a time to speak. And there's a time to shut up. And my time's coming real soon, so don't worry. (laughs) There's a right time. And there's a wrong time. And if you got up on the wrong side of the bed, I'll guarantee you, it ain't time. I'm telling you, you better get it together. That's the word. That's the title of this morning's message. Get it together, brother. (laughs) Oh, it's too much fun. Proverbs 21. For those of you that are conscious of time, it's 1201. God help us. Lord help us. I wonder how many things we've missed being too conscious of time. And I wonder how many times we've grieved the Holy Spirit by going over time. Overtime is good when it's in the Spirit. Any fool can talk all day. But a wise person knows when to quit. Proverbs 21. <laughs> Look at verse 20. See, there's surgery happening in the house today. You just don't know. You're laughing about it, but you know. You know. (laughs) We all do. Proverbs 21, verse 20. Oh, boy, you can meddle on this scripture for a while. Now, now watch the crowd just sink when I read this. (laughs) Proverbs 21, 20. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life. Verse 20. There is treasure to be desired... And oil in the dwelling of the wise. But a foolish man spends it all. Do you feel that? Oh. That's why we got Financial Peace University. We want to mentor and teach and help people not to spend it all. A wise person saves for their future. Listen, friends. Dear beloved, I am for the prosperity message. But there are things about the prosperity message that I don't agree with. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. You've got to have a discerning heart for yourself. There are no get-rich schemes with God. And tithing and sowing your seed does not dismiss the stewardship of being a person that doesn't spend every cent they got. Being a good steward. Don't spend it all. Just give it all to me. No. Okay. (laughs) Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. 
Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But listen, he that gathers by labor shall increase. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to go sit in the park and I'm just going to trust. Brother, I'm just going to. The ravens are going to bring it in. That's foolish. You know, I went, got up real early the other day and I went and worked out. And I was, you know, at least I will say for the guy that was panhandling at the uh, freeway, at least he was up early. Showed a little motivation. And then I said, yeah, but he was probably on meth, so he couldn't sleep. So that's why, anyway. (laughs) You don't have to give a dollar every time you drive by those folks. Be led by the Spirit. Be discerning in your heart. And then lastly, look at Proverbs chapter 9, verse 8. Did you get anything out of this today? Proverbs 9, verse 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 1 says, Wisdom has built the house, and she hath honed down out her seven pillars. Verse 8. Now listen to this. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will get wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Listen, friend, my prayer for you today is get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Have a discerning heart. Be keen spiritually. You can have an education with a PhD and be very sharp mentally, but be dull as a log spiritually. I believe God wants us to be keen mentally and spiritually. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As you're in an attitude of prayer, we're going to pray.